Hello and welcome to the Raw podcast brought to you by the Sunderland Echo and today we're going to be looking ahead to Sunderland's championship fixture against Hull City on Good Friday at the Stadium of Light. So to preview the match, joining myself, Joe Nicholson, we are joined by Ant Northgraves from the To Hull and Back podcast. Ant, how's things? Uh, they're all right, mate. Uh, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Um, looking forward to, to the Easter weekend. A couple of games for, for well, both sides. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, way, the way our recent results have been going, not, not, not too excited, but it's football, isn't it? So mm-hmm. it's got to have a little excitement somehow. Yeah, we'll come on to Hull's form and uh, how they're kind of shaping up ahead of the game at the Stadium of Light on, on Friday. I've just been having a look at their recent results. It's one win in nine. They're 17th in the table. So how have the, how are they kind of shaping up? What's their form been like? There's, I know there's been a couple of draws in there as well. How would you say they're kind of shaping up heading into <clears> the game? Um, we're a weird one, really, because you'd look, you know, paper value, you look at the table and you look at recent results and you'd say, you know, this is a team that, that somebody like Sunderland should be beating at this stage of the season. But um, since Rosini has taken over, I think we've only lost five five games, I think it is, five or six yeah. games since November. Um, you know, and, and before he came in, we had the worst defence in the league under Shotter by far. Uh, we were conceding two or three every game and, and not scoring. And so he had a huge task on his hands to turn, turn the defence around and that's what he's done. He's made us a really hard team to beat. I think we've had the fifth best defence in the league since the World Cup break. Um, you know, we, we, we don't really concede many goals at all. It's just... Our our Achilles heel all season has just been, you know, that lack of cutting edge in the final third. Um, you know, so many games where we've either kept a clean sheet or only conceded one. But we've just not scored the goals or put those chances away to turn those draws into wins. And that's ultimately led us to, you know, mid-table consolidation as opposed to, you know, an unlikely playoff chase. Um, so, yeah, it's been a frustrating season. And I can imagine Rosini is ragging his air out because we've had so many injuries to key players all season. I mean, a lot of teams have this year. It's been really weird. Um, and it's 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 one of those seasons we'll look back on and think, what could we have done if we'd have had every player available, available to us every game? Um, and hopefully we have the vast majority back next season and a better injury record and, and see what this team's capable of. Mm. Obviously, when Rossinia came in, it was the start of November, wasn't it? I think they were yeah. maybe about a point above the relegation zone and He's obviously taken whole kind of away from that. I think they're nine points clear and about 13 off the playoffs. Um, so how would you kind of assess the job that, that he's done and what do kind of whole fans make of his appointment and, and what he's done there since he's come in? Yeah, he's been a really, he was a really popular appointment to start off with. Obviously, he has history with the club in terms of being a player. He's got family ties to the area and things like that. He does love the club. So on, on that sentimental value, um, he already had, you know, the, the fans back in. Um, you know, he's a, he's a very new manager, very young, um, has has a clear way of playing, uh, an identity he wants to impose as, as, as his playing style as a manager. Um, you know, he, he's very well-spoken, very honest. Um, you know, he comes after games and we may have drawn 1-1 and he's, 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 you know, it might be a solid point away from home, you know, against a good side like Coventry, for example. And He'll come away disappointed we didn't take three points away and that we did, we went better in, in certain aspects of our game. And, and that's what you want to hear as a fan. You want to hear that they're striving for better and looking for ways to, to turn, you know, results into a more positive manner. You know, he made some good signings in January. We've got Aaron Connolly on loan, um, Malcolm Ebuwe, Cal Darlow. We've got, you know, Premier League players that we hoped would help us do to, to try and push into that top half of the table and, and a bit of a playoff push. And it looked at one point like that was going to be the case. 
Um, then, you know, like I said, in, injuries uh, that we picked up here and there. I mean, I don't think we have any recognised strikers available for the Sunderland game, which pretty much tells you our entire story this season. Um, and it's it, it kind of just fell away from us, you know. We, we, our good run of form came to an end. We couldn't, we couldn't score and we, the playoffs just became a bit too far away. And It's, it's a shame because the season's kind of just fizzing out now into, you know, a bit of a dead end. Um, the players already seem like they're on the beach sometimes and, you know, what 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 looked like it could have been an unlikely top six chase at one point is now just tending to a bit of obscurity in the middle of the table. And you're thinking, you know, it's more optimism for next season than at the minute. We, I think everyone still backs Rosinia. We still like the way he plays, you know. He wants us to play out from the back, possession-based, um, very organised, methodical, and he likes giving young players a chance. And we're seeing some players really flourish in his system. So, you know, hopefully next season, like we say, a few good signings, a good pre-season to get their fitness levels up so they can press high like he wants them to and and and, and really impose this you know possession based style he wants to play on um because i don't think he really has the players to do it at the minute you know he inherited somebody else's squad so overall he's done a really good job considering you know he, we signed 17 18 players in summer and, and none of them were his signings obviously so he, he's done really well given the circumstances and, and we're very optimistic for next season mm-hmm. you talk about his style of play there how he wants them to play out from the back and press high up the pitch but We've seen at Sunderland this season, some teams will come and, well, particularly we saw it in last season in, in League One where teams will try and waste time and frustrate the mm. crowd. And So how do you think Hull will approach the game on Friday? How do you think they will set up and kind of will he try and implement that style of play with pressing high and trying to play out from the back? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Rosinia, you know, our, our owner has been very well spoken in terms he wants the fans to be excited. You know, he wants us to come to games and be entertained. And obviously, lately, there's not been many goals in the games and that's not happening. And you can see that Rosini is trying to figure out a way to get, you know, these goals and, 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 and to finish the season with a bit of a flurry. But um, with, with with the injuries preventing, you know, our especially in the attacking sense, it's, it's really hard for him to do so and find that way to do it. Um, but I think, you know, Burnley had a similar thing where, you know, they, they've they've gone into most games where teams tend to sit back and, and, and try and just absorb the pressure and hit them on the break. And they came here and a, a lot of the fans were, you know, very um, respectful towards how we did. You know, we tried to play them at their own game. We tried to go toe-to-toe with them. And obviously we lost 3-1. But uh, in terms of the game, we actually played really well. And if we'd have put our chances away, it'd have been a different result. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think he, he, he will go there. We've got nothing to play for. So I can't see why he would go there and sit back. Um, we haven't done it. I, I can't remember the last time we just, you know, went somewhere and, and, and parked the bus and tried to defend and win a point because it's pointless at the minute. There's no, what you know, the, we're not trying to grind out points to get to safety. We're unlikely to go down. I know we're only nine points from the bottom three, but realistically, you know, like I said, we've only lost five times since November, so it means us losing pretty much, you know, four or five games on the bounce, and the, and the teams below us also picking up points on a regular basis to really bring us back into it. And I think that's unlikely. So. I'd like him to try and, you know, take the shackles off the players, maybe take it to Sunderland. You know, like we say, you're missing a couple of key players too. So it might be a good chance for us to, you know, break this uh, goal-scoring hoodoo that we've currently got on us because we can't seem to score more than one goal. I can't actually remember the last time we scored more than one goal. So he'll be desperate to turn that around. So I can imagine it being a pretty entertaining game because, you know, Sunderland are going to try and take it to us too. So hopefully we'll get a nice end-to-end game. But um, with the defensive records, I think um, maybe a lot of the chances might go over the bar. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a game that Sun probably need to win if they're going to mount a late kind of push for the playoffs. So that it looks like both sides will be 
looking to win it. But um, you mentioned Hull's lack of goals and their lack of strikers as well. Just reading Liam Rossini's comments as as well this week, Oscar Estepinian and Aaron Connolly both set to miss the game. Estepinian, Hull's top scorer, was 13 this season. So just how big a loss will those two be and how will they set up with no strikers kind of formation-wise? Oh, huge miss. Um, I mean, we, we we played Rotherham on the weekend in, in front of the biggest league crowd we've had since the Premier League days. Um, and we had no recognised striker in the squad. Um, even mm. our youth striker that we normally would have turned to was also injured. So um, we played with a front three, basically, of, of wingers. Uh, we used Ryan Longman through the middle, who, who can who can play up front, but he's not there. He's not a natural striker. Um, and, it, you know, we created that many chances against Rotherham and, and just couldn't put any of them away. And you, you're thinking, you know, if we'd have had a Tete on the pitch or an Oscar, that, you know, vast majority of these chances probably would have ended up in the back of the net and we'd be talking about a 4-5-0 win. But as it is, we haven't got them available. And we, we, like we say, you know, we've got... Because these wingers that, that, we, that we are playing, you know, Ali Ar is, is a young Iranian kid. He's, he's, he's really exciting, really direct. It's just, you know, question marks on his end product at the minute, but he will get there. Longman, again, frustrating. He was a very good player for his last season, kind of fizzed out towards the end and hasn't really reached those heights again this season. So he's been frustrating. And Ebuway is an 18-year-old on loan from Palace who's, you know, last few games has been very good. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, again, hasn't scored yet since since coming to us in January. So there's a lot of effort. There's a lot of, of promise there. It's just, you know, putting the, the actual ball in, in, in the back of the net, which we're, we're struggling with. And, I'm, I'm, I don't know how he's going to set up. We've got a couple of other youth strikers we could turn to, like Josh Hines. Um, whether or not he'd go to them and put them in the starting lineup, I'm, I'm doubtful. We might try and play a false nine with with a midfielder in there, maybe a two fan or a Traore, uh, and, and try and just maybe bring the wingers into the uh, well, sit the the nine deeper and let the wingers progress a bit more and see if we can get them in the box to score. But um, I think it's going to have to be a kind of thing where we have to try and rely on set pieces, but we've not been brilliant at them this season either. So yeah. uh, basically, on paper, it's looking like we're, we're unlikely to score any goals anytime soon. Mm. You mentioned a few of the, the kind of attacking players there, but who are the kind of other key players to watch out for? You've mentioned defensively that Rosinha's shored them up at the back and they look a much better kind of defensive unit. Yeah, uh, Sean McLaughlin is a player that under Shotter Avaladze didn't really get a look in and, and he was he was one of our best players last season um in a defensive sense and, and it was really bizarre that we didn't play him especially considering we played Figueredo who who was just mistake ridden and we were conceding so many goals um with that system. So since his introduction to the team, him and Alfie Jones have made a really good partnership at the back. Um we did have Cyrus Christie um in right back and, and we've been playing Jacob Greaves who was actually naturally a centre uh, centre half in left back. And he's been doing okay in that role as well. So, But Christie's injured, so we've been playing Louis Coyle there, who's been very good since coming into the squad. There's been a lot of question marks over whether or not you know he'll be um, you know, up to the standard that we need in this current Rosinia team. But he's really stepped up to the mark lately and he's got a good delivery on him. So that back four, no matter who seems to play, is, has, has become a very cohesive unit. But um, definitely McLaughlin and Jones at the minute are the, are the superb pairing at the minute. They just tend to keep most players quiet. At the minute, um, we have got a bit of a wild card in the sense of um, Adama Traore, obviously not the pacey yeah. wolf winger, his Malian midfielder. Uh, we signed him in summer, but he got a long term injury as soon as he signed him. Um, he only made his debut a few weeks ago, but he's a player that once cost um, AS Monaco in the French league 15 million euros and he's got Champions League experience. 
he's just had a career that's been blighted by injury and he's not really hit the heights that I think he probably could have done. But when he's been on the pitch, last few games especially, you know, he's been very good. Um, he, he likes to drop into that space in, in front of the opposition back four. Um, he's got a very keen eye for a passing behind to get somebody in on goal. He should, he should have probably scored against Rotherham, but he was brought down, which led to a red card. So he, he's a player that I think a lot of teams won't have done any homework on because they won't have seen him play. So he's a bit of our wild card in that sense that, you know, he's, he's very creative and looks like he could be a dangerous player, especially to build the team around next season. Uh, in Oscar's um, absence, we've got Ozan Tufan, also a midfielder who, um, yeah. you know, is, is, he's on five goals and he's not actually started many games this season. So he can be a goal threat. He likes to a, a late run into the box and he's got an eye for a long range of two. So... There is there is players in there that have got attacking promise. Like I say, it's just whether or not on the day they've they've got that in product ahead of them. Like we say, we've got a lot of youth in that front line, and and, and it shows sometimes with that little bit of experience, or you know maybe letting the pressure get to them at times. So, but as a team, we're very organised. So I'm, I'm obviously shout out to the full team. But like I say, wild card wise, definitely a Damatore to look out for. Um, Ebuwe has been very good lately too on the wing, young uh, young lad on loan from Palace, and and our two centre backs. Mm. Yeah, two fan you mentioned obviously got that goal against Sunderland back in December when the sides last met. Ross Stewart yeah. got the opener and then two fan equalised with about eight minutes to go, wasn't it? But have you seen much of Sunderland this season apart from that game uh, at Hull earlier in the season? Um, I've not lately. Um, I, I remember watching them a few times on telly before our game, um, but I haven't actually seen much of them lately. But I, I have heard bits and bats uh, between. Obviously, I know that. You've, you've, uh, Ellis Sims was recalled and, and obviously Ross Stewart's yeah. been injured so you've been struggling to find similar to us somebody to put the ball in the back of the net on a regular basis I know that uh, Clark and Roberts on their day can be unplayable but also you know sometimes can go missing that's just the kind of players they are we all got those kind of flair players uh, you know you've got real workhorses in there like Luke O'Neill and you've got you know a future uh, players like Dan Neal who are really rare and I think will be a Premier League player whether that be with Sunderland in a couple of years or not um so there is a good squad there. And I think, you know, you, you've landed really well with getting Mowbray in as a manager too. I think he's very good at, you know, getting the best out of the squad of players he's got and especially with giving youth a chance and things like that. So I think Sunderland will probably look back at, similar to us this season and think of, of it as a year of what if, um, you know, if, if we'd have had a full squad of players, what could you have done? Um, could it have been a top six? Could you have been in the fight for the top six, you know, right in it till the end of the season kind of thing? And, probably look back on it with frustration, especially, you know, considering you were in League One last season, it, it would have been um, very good to have done back-to-back, obviously, with the turmoil of Neil leaving all suddenly before the season started kind of thing. And But again, I think it's just, it's a season where Sunderland fans can look back and think, you know, there's a lot of promise in this squad and next season, hopefully, we, you've got that solid base to build on to, to really give that playoff um, position a push. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's. I think you're right. I think it's definitely a case of what could have been, but it's still overall been a very good season for Sunderland. And and looking back to that whole game back in December, it was one of them times where there was a ball over the top. Ross Stewart ran onto it um, and managed to score, and that's what they've been lacking in in recent weeks and and months with him being out since January. But and we usually just finish by just asking our guests for a quick score prediction. How do you think the game is going to go on Good Friday between Sunderland and Hull at the Stadium of Light? On paper, it's a nil nil. Um, but I, I do think there's a couple of goals in this game. I, I'm, I'm going to say 1-1, I think, is a safe bet. Mm-hmm. We're live on Sky as well. Remember, it's a, it's a 5.30 kickoff as well. So uh, the Sky cameras will be hoping for a few goals. I think, as you said before, I think Hull will come here um, wanting to, well, kind of wanting to 
to win the game with nothing to lose really looks like they're safe from relegation now Sunderland really as we said had to win to kind of keep their playoff hopes alive so I think Sunderland might nick a, a 2-0 win but um, as you said maybe not many goals considering Hull's recent performances and, and as you said they've shored them up at the back so and thanks a lot for joining us on the latest episode of the Raw podcast if you like what we do here uh, at the Sunderland Echo you can subscribe to our podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a review. And for all the latest SAFC news, you can head over to the SAFC section of the Sunderland Echo website to find the thoughts of Sunderland head coach Tony Mowbray. And we'll also have more build-up ahead of Friday's game at the Stadium of Light. So once again, thanks a lot for listening to the Raw podcast. <laughs>